Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> Hello and welcome to The Villain Was Right, the podcast where we look at movies and TV shows from the villain's perspective and dare to ask, were they really all that bad? I'm your host, Craig Fay, And I'm your host, Rebecca Reeds. And this week on the podcast, it's audience choice time. You voted and uh, this barely squeaked out a win. It was, <laughs> I think, two votes separating it. But we are uh, tackling 500 days of summer, uh, beat tangled by, I think, two two votes. Uh, so we'll probably be doing that one in the future, too. But, uh, but for now, you get your audience choice. Uh, 500 days of summer, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and... Uh, and uh, uh, Manic Pixie Dream Girl Incarnate. Uh, <laughs> Zoe Deschanel. <laughs> Buddy, I gotta tell you, I've been watching, uh, I watched several seasons of New Girl before we even, I even knew we were doing this movie. Oh, yeah? And then you told me and I was like, oh, that's been too much Zoe for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, alive. Because I started watching that because I was like, I just need a nothing show. I need a show that's not going to rock the boat. I can just mm-hmm. have it on and play video games in the background or whatever, right? And her character does not change one fucking bit over the seasons. And I'm like, I can't, I can't look at this woman. <laughs> it's, it, it's, and it's not her fault. It's not her fault. It's the way it's written, but goddamn. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Um, so I guess uh, if you haven't seen the movie, what's, uh, what's the plot? How the, would you the plot line it? of this movie is essentially a woman tells a man exactly what she is and how she operates, and he refuses to listen to her for a year and a half. Um, that is the plot line of this movie. It is. It yeah. is truly the plot line. He falls in love with this woman. In 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 a very weird, like I am putting you on such a supreme pedestal that doesn't make any sense way. Um, she repeatedly tells him exactly who she is and how she operates and her own psychology, basically. And he's like, nah, I'm gonna convince you, girl, and then is devastated. Also, his sister is his therapist. That's another weird thing we're gonna get into. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of weird moving things, but I will say definitely our our uh, main character is not the hero in my eyes. <laughs> no, and that's kind of the uh, the the, pre- the premise of this podcast breaks down a bit when the intention of the movie is that the main character turns <laughs> out to be the bad guy, which I think is this movie. At least that's yes. how I at least that's oh, how yeah. I watch it. That's how I'm um, talking it. You are your own enemy. <laughs> yeah. But I think the movie thinks that uh, Summer, Zoe Deschanel's character, is... Uh, no, the movie doesn't think that. I think the movie tra- attempts to pre- present that as what you're supposed to think. 
Yes. Right. Like you're, I, well, and I think for this, I think it's very important to know or not to know, but to note how old you are when you watch it. Because yeah. when I watched this the first time I was, I was younger and I really bought into this whole, like, Oh, this poor guy kind of thing. I was like, look at this guy. He's mm. just, he's in love. Like, why, why can't she love it? it, it, it it's Gordon Lovett, man. You got to get in there. He's the dream. He's the yeah. dream. What are you doing? This oh. man's throwing himself at you. And now that I'm a 30 year old woman, I'm like, fuck this crying. Screw this guy. Screw yeah. this guy. Oh, <laughs> she, God. You, you should have never ended up with him. You made a right decision. I can't stand it. I do like his, I, I think he has great character development. I still really like the movie, but I am at no point on his side. At yes. no point. <laughs> and, and I definitely, I have so many thoughts on that. Uh, and, and we're going to get to them in a second. Uh, but, and, oh my God, I, I'm so anxious to talk about this. <laughs> uh, I have so many thoughts. But first, I, I want to thank our sponsor of this week's episode, uh, Virtual Game Night. Uh, it's great. It's a game show that you play over Zoom with your friends. Uh, it's fantastic. Rebecca and I, uh, literally right before we were recording this, uh, got to play a game with the entire From Superheroes Network, and it was so much fun. It was so fun. You can be chatty. It logs you right into Zoom, and you get to talk to the host, and that's like the funnest. It's so fun because the host is super charming, really nice, gets in there. Honestly, as a comedian, I was like, damn, this guy's funny. Like, <laughs> we're yeah, coming yeah. out hot. You know what I mean? Um, they've got, they've been doing this. Uh, they, they've got this down to a science now. This guy, They've got it locked in. They've done hundreds of these events already. If you're looking for something kind of like to break up, you know, maybe you play video games with your friends online, or maybe you really miss trivia and you want to get into some of that like pub trivia style. It's going to connect you in a way that, um, you know, regular over Zoom is not going to do that for you. It's really fun. It's interactive. You get different categories too. So it's not just like, oh, well, this is the history category. No, there's literally a category where they're like, okay, what do these two emojis look like? <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> yeah, lots of different categories. Um, it's good for like two to a thousand players. So like if you've got like an office that like you're like, oh, we can't do our Christmas party or whatever this year. Try this. It's it's professionally hosted. It looks amazing. And they even have custom categories. Yes. Uh, which, you can request shit, which you, is yeah. unreal. Get unreal. weird with it. Why not, right? Yeah. So we had a uh, we had a from superheroes round uh, of our <laughs> trivia with our whole podcast network. Uh, I couldn't remember things horrible. that <laughs> I said. He's like, so Rebecca's out. I'm like, oh no, I don't know. I actually do not recall saying these things. None of them. Is it none? Is the answer none? Uh, uh, but it was yeah. super fun. If you guys want to turn your next uh, virtual gathering into a virtual game night, please visit virtualgamenight.live slash villain and book your complete free one-on-one -on -one demo and consultation. And when you're ready to book, take 20% off the price of any game night package with the code VILLAIN20. That's VILLAIN20. Join over 100 groups who have listened to their Zoom calls this year by making your next virtual event a virtual game night at virtualgamenight.live slash villain. And if you want that code, that's VILLAIN20 for 20% off the price. And now, back to our regular scheduled programming of bashing this yes. man! <laughs> okay, so you were talking before about how, uh, how, how the time at which you watch this movie in your life changes your perception of it very much. And I think that is intentional. Um, 
Let's put it this way, Rebecca. This is a movie that I could have seen myself writing in my early 20s. Absolutely. Uh, like absolutely. Absolutely verbatim. Um, and thankfully, the movie knows that it is wrong. So this, this movie... This movie broke my heart, not because of the romance in it, which is, it's sad that it didn't work out, right? Like, heartbreak is never fun. But just, like, I I was screaming at the screen like an old man being like, just communicate. Or, like, like you're making so many youthful mistakes here. Uh, and I, I think very much in particular, there are like guys in that age group almost have to suffer this breakthrough, uh, this breakup in order to get the point of it. It's kind of one of those things that you need to experience, uh, in order to Oh, I think that's just grow. everybody. I don't yeah. even think it's like, I think it, it is literally everybody. I think what I really, really do like about this movie is I think it perfectly captures how you feel, the emotions you have when you're first getting into a relationship where you aren't on the same page as the other person. That's what this, this whole movie to me is about just the, the utter heartbreak of not being on the same page. And you get to see like, even with the musical number where it like they sleep together for the first time and he, he, he makes that step outdoors. And I'm like, I've lived this, I've lived this moment. You know what I mean? When you get together with somebody and you just have that, like that sing songy thing and you step outside and it's like the sun's a little brighter. You got a pep in your step. And I'm like, this is, this captures it perfectly. And like the, the way they play with the film style to really get you into like, this is how you feel. This is how you feel when you trick yourself into thinking or you ignore things or you like, I, I've watching this. I was like, this is like six relationships I've had. Okay. Like I, I know I did this specific thing where, because people, and I think this, this movie really is like, people are constantly telling you who they are. They're constantly Mm -hmm. telling you who they are. You just have to listen to it. That's all it is. This guy shouldn't have been surprised at any moment. I was like, she's laid this out several times for you. I know, yeah. And it's, it's again, a thing that you catch better on second watch. Like, again, the movie knows it, but she's like, I'm not looking for a boyfriend right now. I've never really been in love. I don't believe in love, all the rest. And he's just like, gung-ho, this is the girl that I'm interested in. Yeah, and it's like, like red flag, red flag, red flag, red flag. I'm like, oh, how absolutely. are you even dodging these at this point? And, uh... And they do such a good job, too, of, like, uh, showing her as someone who you, like, totally understand why you'd be obsessed with. Like, I know, you know, she she is a manic pixie dream girl in this, and I know that that trope has problems and whatnot. Um, she's playing that, but also that's, like, that's the point where it's, like, that doesn't really exist, you know? Yeah, I very much saw this movie. I was like, this is this man's lens on this woman. That's who we're watching this yeah. through. We're not watching this real person. We're watching this person be this person through his eyes. Okay, and and that's where and everything, and that's a huge problem is that it's too, this guy's got this just ranked up on a pedestal. And yeah. it's like the idea of like, I, <laughs> the concept of like, she likes, okay, so literally goes from, Calling her a bitch, okay? Uh, yeah. Calls her a bitch right off the top. Only and and based off of she's, something, doesn't talk to you or something. Like it no, was, no, 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 because so... it, it was 
based off of what his friend said, he hadn't talked to her, had no interaction with her, and was like, oh, well, yeah, I guess she's just a bitch then. And then, like, a scene later finds out that she also likes the Smiths, and then he's like, love, we're done, we're love, we're in love, you're a bitch 10 seconds ago, and I love you now because you like the Smiths. Yeah, and they, the again, I do kind of like that his younger sister is the voice of reason in this. I think that's a wise choice for the movie because it's like, look, any idiot can figure this out. But she explicitly, uh, it also it also goes to show the level of emotional maturity that uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character has, right? Where it's like, mm-hmm. it's on par with like, yes. what, a, a, a 10, 12-year-old girl who's riding her bike to his place in the middle of the night to counsel him over a breakup and he's sitting at the sink bashing plates. You're like, you're not a good dude. You're not in control, but the line, she explicitly states the thesis of the movie. And it is, um, uh, some girl likes the same bizarro stuff. Doesn't mean she's your soulmate. Yeah. Like, and I, this is, this is, I think that's the heart of the, the lesson I wish, uh, I, I wish young people could learn without having to live through it. Yeah. Which had me yelling at the screen, like an old man, which is, I kind of have this theory uh, I'm going to apply it to uh, men, boys, because uh, that's been my experience. Uh, <laughs> let me know if this let me know if this applies to other uh, other uh, sexual preferences and other 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 genders or whatever. But I think there's a, kind of this moment in like your development of sexuality where there's like that first moment where you realize like, ooh, I like girls, you know, and you're like, what is that? Oh, look at. Why is that pretty? Why do I like? Oh my god, this is distracting. I want to touch it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean that's that checks out. (laughs) And that's that's like a that's a new thing, right? And like that's novel for you for a bit, where you're like, I I want big boobies. Like that's all I want. And that's not very mature. I realize that, but that's a phase that you go through. And then slightly after this, and I say this in the nicest way possible, there is this moment where you realize that in addition to being nice and pretty to look at, you're like, oh, you're also a person. And I'm not saying that like you didn't think of women as people before that, but there's kind of this like veil that's pulled over where you're like, oh, I can, instead of just something pretty to touch, it's like a fully formed human with lots of other aspects to them that also add to your attraction and whatnot. So I think that first time that happens, when you're like, you feel like you really connect with somebody on that different level that it's very easy to convince yourself that you are a soulmate or meant to be together or that this person is so great. And it's only after you've experienced that once and more likely than not experienced incredible heartbreak from it that there are many people who have those personality traits that you, you're you looking for. This wasn't the one singular person who had it all. Well, yeah, and it's always... And it it seems to me that a lot of the times these... Things come down to do your personalities match, not do we like the same things? Now, sometimes we like the same things means our personality is going to be similar and that's good and that'll lock that in or whatever. But it's it's a, so much more about how you operate as individuals and then to like this idea of like, oh, we like the same bands. So this much must work is insane. It's like, hey, are you a nice person? Like, can I have a conversation with you? Are you going to put me down or are you going to lift me up or whatever it is? It's way more to do with how you function day to day than what your interests are. 
I, and I agree, uh, but I'm also going to add to that. It's like the how you function as a person and how you get along with a person also isn't necessarily unique, right? Oh, you yeah. encounter that thing and you're like, like for me, uh, this will come as no surprise. It's sense of humor. You guys listen to uh, I Hate It, But I Love It. You know Kat's funny. Uh, that's what we, that's like our number one thing uh, is sense of humor. And that's always what I've liked in, in women is that like really witty back and forth. And like when you find someone with the same compatible sense of humor as you, it's great. And the first time it happens, you think this is the only time this is ever going to happen. Oh, yeah. And this is a, this is a, this is a trait that is unique to this person and the way that we get along is unique. And that's not true. There are lots of other people with that sense of humor out there. And some of them are compatible with you and some of them aren't. Uh, but it's like, this, that's the thing that this movie does so well is like all the things that you wanted in a person uh, and it still doesn't work out. And that's quite possible because they were just the first to show you that that's what you like. Oh yeah, dude. I get every new comic that's, anytime a new comic's like, what's, what's your com comedy advice? Like, how do I become a comedian? What's your, what's your rule? Like, what do you do? And I'm my number one rule. I always, I tell every single one of them, I'm like, never date another comedian and none of them follow it. It's all a rule. Everybody has to learn for themselves. <laughs> I guess nobody follows it. Okay. And we all guilty, do it, but I'm like, here, yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? Because you know, you work together and most of us, because if you're in this profession, you find humor very attractive. And I have to keep reminding people. I'm like, comedians are not the only funny people out there. There are lots of funny accountants. There's lots of funny, like lawyers or garbage men or whoever. Find that person, find the person that doesn't work with you. That is so important. And this is another rule that this guy breaks. Okay. To lead me into this. Why? 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 Okay. Why don't, and I know this is like generally a rule that people say and everybody ignores, but don't date people you work with. Don't date people you work with. It is always a mess. People do also, even if it's not a mess, people don't trust you to be alone in the same room together. Uh, <laughs> very weird. Um, any scene where they were in the bat, like at the copy maker, like making out, I was like, this doesn't. This doesn't feel professional. <laughs> this doesn't feel like we should be doing. Yeah, he literally actively pursues a woman he's working with instead of like, clearly we see that people are going out on dates. Uh, like he can go out on dates with people that are outside of his social circle. I don't think that's the move. You know what I mean? I could be wrong. People could disagree. I'm sure there's lots of things that have worked out that way. But... Obviously not these two, and you can't I, – I think we see that through the dialogue. Like other uh, coworkers talk to him about it. We all know about this. You've got to, like, straighten up at work. Speaking of which, I would love to talk about his boss because I think his Regent boss <laughs> is, like, so nice to this man. Wow. And, like, he really, like – like our lead romance is really just taking a dump on this man. You know what I mean? Really just not, not listening to him. He gives him extra chances. He's like, listen, like you're really sad right now. Maybe we could channel this into like, I will say there is. Yeah. So he's like, he's like, you seem really down. Uh, maybe we'll put you on grief and loss and sympathy cards. Cause he works for a greeting card company. Yeah. And I'm just like, I appreciate that as like an olive branch, but also how fucking insulted would you be 
if you're like, you're sad, let's put you to work on sad things for a while because we think that's all you could do. I mean, it's a, nah, it's a bit of a man. wound. It's a bit I don't of a think wound. so. No, not for a breakup where you weren't even really dating for a full year. Yeah. That's a pick yourself up. Quit, you know what I mean? Pick yourself up. Okay, because like the fact that nobody really is just like, man, you got to get the fuck. Like somebody needs to slap this man. Okay, somebody needs to slap some sense into this man because you can't, I'm not saying that you can't experience, or you could experience heartbreak over somebody that you've dated for a couple of dates. Like maybe you were yeah. really feeling it or whatever. I'm not saying you're not allowed to be upset. Okay. But the level of depression that this man falls into, this idea of his like 12 year old, sister coming over how do you not in that moment look at your sister and go maybe i should find an adult therapist maybe i should go talk some of this out because this isn't right his first question is does mom know you're here oh yeah. no oh no oh no 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 <laughs> uh I, I, and i'm gonna take a slightly different perspective of that uh that was all believable to me uh i think again you scream at it as a as an older person where you're like just like learn to deal with these emotions um there's a there's a great quote and i forget who it's from but um uh it, it applies to teenagers but i think it also extends into like first adult relationship in your 20s and that sort of thing but they go, the worst part about being a teenager is or sorry the best part about being a teenager is that you're experiencing everything for the first time right like mm-hmm. every emotion, everything like that. And the worst part about being a teenager is you're feeling everything at the same at, for the first time. So you have no concept of how to deal with it. So like that first kind of like big adult relationship or big adult crush or like where you think it's like the stars are, you know, lighting up a little brighter because you see this person. Uh, yeah, you know, like uh, society doesn't prepare, especially young men, uh, to uh, deal with th- that sort of emotion at all. And it's like, this trial by fire where you got to like sort it out for yourself. And so stupidly, uh, that's smashing plates over the sink or punching holes in the wall for far too many people, myself included. And like, it's, uh, it's bad, but you're right. Yeah. We should absolutely be teaching people how to deal with this or oh, getting yeah. like professional help. To Read a book. Yeah. something. You know what I mean? Like just start, get the wheels in mode. And I say that no judgmentally. Like I'm in therapy right now. I'm, I am fully, totally supportive of somebody diving into their own psychology and going, okay, let's muck around here a bit. Let's see what's happening. But when you're at work and your job is to write fluffy things and you write roses are red, violets are blue, fuck you whore, it's time to that's not, to, to make an assessment. That's, yeah, <laughs> that, that's not just like poor work performance. That is, uh, that is maliciously at, trying to tank you. You're, you're being, you're, you're a liability now. You're trying to sabotage your own life. That's what's yeah, happening. Yeah, Sometimes people get it. You get in the driver's seat and you're like, I'm just going to ride this thing right off the bridge. And that's that's for home time. You know what I mean? That's home time stuff. Yeah. Uh, smash plates at home, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> he also, okay, so there's a scene that I wanted to talk about and I really wanted to get your opinion on because this is, again, you know, more of a, well, it, may, it might be a gray area to you. It might not. The bar scene Okay, so we have a bar yeah. scene yeah. where um, Zoe Deschanel is getting hit on quite aggressively by somebody that no one would like. I, I can't imagine anybody watching this thinking, this guy's great. <laughs> like, this is the worst man to ever hit on somebody. And Joseph, he, he hits him. 
He hits, he strikes it. He's like, fuck this guy. But as this guy is kind of walking away, this guy's walking away. He's going to give his last comment, his last dig. And he decides he's going to fucking sock him one. Zoe doesn't like that. She gets mad at him, right? She gets mad at him. He takes, he's like, fuck this and takes off. And she ends up going back to his apartment and going, hey, like, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have been mad about that. What are your general feelings? Okay, so, uh, yes. So I had this written down as well, um, where that guy, the, 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 the guy hitting on her is too perfectly an asshole. Yes. There, there is that, that <laughs> this guy person just, does not exist. That person does not exist. Like, he's literally saying, like, li- like, like uh, this guy, this is your boyfriend. That's who you choose as a boyfriend. Like, quite clearly, like, he's the perfect provocation, right? Mm-hmm. Um you know, if, if those series of events happen to me, uh, okay, I could maybe see, you know, punching the guy, but in no real life situation did it go down like that. So just as you have said that, uh, our perception of summer is his view of it. I think it's the same thing for this guy where it was, you won't believe how rude and upsetting and he was hitting on my girlfriend. Mm -hmm. I don't think the reality of that situation was that he was so perfectly an asshole. Yeah. I think something went down he was hitting on her. He interpreted it as, really, this guy's your boyfriend? Uh, yeah. Uh, which is not something that p- someone would say, right? I don't care how confident you are. Being rejected by a girl, <laughs> you're not going to be explicitly say, like, that guy? Uh, maybe some people would. I, I actually, I, yeah, I was going to back you up there. I'm like, I'm, I'm almost positive I've heard this verbatim out in oh, okay. the wild. Like, I All have right. heard somebody say, really, this guy, this is the guy, whatever. It never happened to me, but uh, yeah. I have heard that said. I don't think that's the most outlandish thing to say. But what my question is, even if this guy, if this guy is exactly how he presents in this movie, do you hit that guy? No. No. Me either. No. You don't. You literally do not. And the fact that he kind of like goes and is like, can't believe that she's upset about this instead of just being like, oh, I clearly lost my cool back there over something that is not related to this situation. I hit that guy because I don't know what we're doing. Yes. And I do feel (laughs) like that's also very important. It's like there were two different arguments there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, The hitting, I would say, yes, of course, Zoe Deschanel, Summer is, I keep calling her Zoe Deschanel as if the title of the movie isn't her character's name. Uh, (laughs) 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 uh, Who who was the lead girl in this 500 Days of Summer? You know, Fivey. Uh, Fivey? Yeah, no, her name's Fivey for the whole time. (laughs) Yeah. So So Fivey. Fivey uh, absolutely uh, can be upset about that and should be upset about that. I can't believe you lost your cool, all the rest. But there is the other there is the other argument, which is we don't know what we are. And this is the one time I am actually going to side with Joseph Gordon-Levitt in this movie, um, where she says, so this, at this point they're sleeping together. Mm-hmm. They've, they've been uh, in- incredibly intimate in terms of like what they've shared with each other. They even say that like, sh- she's never told anybody that before. So she's clearly, oh, but he like, book. he, that, oh, okay. I'll let you finish and then yeah, we'll, yeah. I'll get back to uh, that point. So, so they are at a point in this movie, indisputable where they are like, you know, together. And, mm-hmm. and in that moment, she says, uh, she says like, yeah, but we're not dating or whatever. It's like, I said that that's not what we were going to do. And he, he says, 
you're not the only one who gets a say in this. And I completely agree with that. When you're that close to a person, you can't just have one person unilaterally deciding that you're not together when you're clearly together. Mm. And, and if they do, that's, that's the point in which you say, we have different uh, opinions on where we are and what we are. And that's a moment to break. You know, does that make sense? Yes and no. Okay. And here's where I'm going to disagree <laughs> with you because I think if there, um, I, I would agree with you in the sense of like, if somebody says like, we're together, I'm saying we're together. So we're together. Um, you can't, it, that has to be two people saying that you definitely only have to be one person to say we're not together. Yes. They really, true. there, there really only has to be one of you. And I don't think that's wrong. It allows the other person you, she's been very clear the whole movie. Like, I don't want a boyfriend. I don't trust this. I don't, I don't like this. This is not something I'm into. And I understand that there is like, she's not completely right. Okay. Because in a moment you are stringing somebody along emotionally yeah. and you know that they're not hearing the message that you are trying to uh, convey to them over and over and over again. But he's also just not listening. He's not listening and refuses to listen or refuses to accept this as his reality. It really does only take one person to say no. The other person gets to decide if that no is okay for them or if they need to walk away point. You can still make Fair. an argument. Fair. You can yeah, still yeah, yeah. you can still argue like, yeah, you know, we should definitely be together. Are you insane? Like, I'm over here five nights a week. What would you even call this then? Whatever. Yeah. Absolutely. That's my you can point. make this yeah. argument, but you're not allowed to look at somebody and be like, we're together because I say so. That's not, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> not together because we're say so, but you don't get to unilaterally decide that like what we're doing isn't what. I call like, like we are so mm. like in that point, they are so clearly together. Yes. That her saying like, but it's nothing. We're just friends. And then that like, I think that's what she actually says, right? We're just friends or whatever. We're hanging out. And it's mm -hmm. like, so, so obviously not what they are at that moment that I think, I think if I could refine my thing a little bit, it's that mm -hmm. he gets to say that what we are right now is not friends. This is more than friends. Okay. To me. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, you, yeah. Can't, you can't just declare it that mm -hmm. um, without there being conflict. So, yeah. so emotionally mature Craig at this point <laughs> would be like, I guess we have different views of what this is. I'm sorry for wasting your time. For me, this is going to cause me a lot of heartbreak if I continue on with this. It's going to cause me a lot of heartbreak now, but better to get out now because obviously the situation isn't going to get any better. But that's not what he does because he doubles down and he gets back in it. And she gets back in it. She comes and apologizes to him you know, and pulls I think the, that relationship back together. Cause I think the, the biggest problem for me is, is that it's, it, it's so stuck on the, like this, like idea of a label and the idea that the audience would know what that label means. But what this really is, is it should have just been a discussion of rules because that's what most people really care about. What are the rules of the relationship that we have, no matter what the label is on it? Is the rule that we don't sleep with other people? Is the rule that, you know, um, we see each other every single Friday night, and if you don't, then that's like, that's going to be an issue for us or whatever. But you just kind of have to set the standard for whatever you need or whatever you want in that relationship. And if that person can't provide it, then you bounce out. The problem <laughs> is, is this guy is refusing to ask the question. 
refusing to dive in any more than a passing comment or an outburst or a what are or whatever, instead of just saying, can you please explain the rules to me? Because that's for everybody, whether you know it or not. If you have a relationship right now, there are rules and you know them consciously or subconsciously. You know, I can't do that. You know what I mean? Like even like small shit. Like I know I can't uh, leave the kettle half full because that will it triggers my part or whatever it is. <laughs> Could be fucking something so stupid. Just to pick a random example. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like it could be anything, but you have to know the rules. And that's what drives people crazy and into yeah. madness is this idea of like, I just don't know where we stand. And to be perfectly honest, it's to me it's in my eyes watching this, it was very much on him to ask because he was the only one that wanted more. Yeah. And, and watching this movie, it feels like watching uh, two ships slowly drive into each other. You know what I mean? Like they're moving, <laughs> yes. they're moving so slow and they, but they're so big. They can't stop. You, you were watching it in slow motion, just this collision and this like crumple. That's what it feels like because mm-hmm. you absolutely know that the, the, the lack of communication skills in these people and uh, the, the mentality that they're all in, it's just ending for disaster. Um, another, another scene I desperately want to talk about. There's actually two. So one, the wedding scene. Where they ah. go to the wedding. Again, I, f- I don't, again, I don't think she did anything wrong there. No. I think she's being a perfectly good person. But by God, do I understand the, and you show up and an ex looks great and mm-hmm. is treating you nice. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> Oh, there's no greater pain in the world. Oh, yeah. Deep cut. Deep cut for sure. Like, how dare you look so good in that dress? <laughs> how dare? And then, you d- and then you have the balls or the gall not to be mean to me. Be mean to me if you're going to look so good. Like, Oh, yeah. No, she's rocking it. I actually went, okay, because I kind of had this idea of like, this. this scene is one of the scenes where I'm like, I don't know if I would have played it like that. Because he does, um, we do come back on this idea of like, why would you dance with me? Why would we have this incredible evening together? And you never said anything to me. And it's like, I don't really actually know who's right in that situation. I went back and rewatched that whole scene because I wanted to see if she was engaged already. Because I was like, if she's wearing a ring, she doesn't have to say shit. That is a, okay, you've seen this and we're both not going to talk about this. Okay, which makes sense. Okay. Because balls in your court on that. You're a little more sensitive than me. You're a little more emotional about this. I don't want to bring up something that's going to upset you. But she's not. And she said and I'm later l- that, yeah, it happened later, yeah. Yeah, and I just thought, you know, she if it's me, probably going to drop a hint at least. She does say one thing where I'm like, oh, is he supposed to grab it from that? She says, our rooftop implying that she is living with another person and what have you. But that's really the only hint she really drops. And I'm like, you know who this guy is and you know how he feels. Really should have nipped that one in the butt. I feel like that's your bad. You need to let him know that he's going to arrive to a party that is being held by you and your partner. Yeah. That was the one thing where I was like, I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, and there there is kind of on that side, it's like, you know that this is a guy who 
you you've explicitly said that like you know you were interested in being friends afterwards and you like you've explicitly said like this is the kind of relationship that i wanted and he wasn't able to accept that it's like this is a guy who's clearly always wanted something more from you right and i and uh and 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 to the point where you've been in a relationship and you found that there is some conflict there between him wanting more than you're willing to give um you have to be kind of cognizant of that as a person, right? To be like, I know I broke your heart, but can we still be friends? Like, eh, no, you need to give him time. You need to give him space. And you need to realize that it's very easy to trigger that back in him. You know, I'm not saying it's her responsibility to, to deal with his emotions, but you, you have a relationship and you need to kind of understand where both of you sit on that line, you know? Absolutely. No, 100%. 100%. And I want to circle back to something that you had touched on previously. Um, this idea of these moments where um, where he feels like he's getting into this world that nobody's seen before. Mm. And at one moment he says, these are stories one had to earn. And it was so pedestally for me again this concept of like we're not just living in a moment two people together having this vibe or whatever like i'm actually reading in and looking for answers that i like and ignoring all the answers i don't like so when i hear so so when she tells me something and says oh i've never told anybody that before then i'm going to categorize that under i'm the boyfriend instead of that's just a statement and i'm lo- it's kind of cool that she told me that yeah. do you know what i mean yeah. it's like he puts things and he and he selects what he likes and what he heard that is kind of like oh well that's that's going to move me forward or whatever. And you should really focus more on the perhaps more negative things, especially when you're not, when you're this unsure, when you're this in, in this zone of wishy-washiness. And there is a scene later, and I'm not sure it did exactly what it was intended, where he goes like, I think it's actually his sister's advice again, where he goes, she goes, she goes you're only Child thinking therapist. of the good things. Yeah, you're only thinking of the good things. Uh, next time you think of her, you should probably think of the bad stuff too. And, and they kind of do like a little montage where they kind of present some of the things as like being bad or whatever. Um, I'm not sure it's super effective, but I would have loved to have seen um, some scene that involves what, what you were just saying, where it's like, here's the thing that means I'm the boyfriend. And then here's the 10 other things that she said uh, in addition to that. Right. Yeah. Uh, or uh, yeah, just that like to look back at the movie with the, with the very clear lens of like, this is been selectively shown to you to, to, to uh, create one sort of impression in the viewer, which is his impression of her, but that is not necessarily the truth as to what happened. Yeah. And feel for, I I absolutely still feel for this character. Okay. These are mistakes that we have all made. I have made this exact mistake. Okay. Of course. Absolutely. I'm here. I'm listening to you. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I get, I pick up one sentence that I really like. And I'm like, Oh, he said, he, Oh, when, when I meet his parents, Oh, when I meet his parents. Okay. That's good. But I just ignored the six other sentences where he was talking about his ex-girlfriend nonstop. For some reason that didn't register and it should have registered. It absolutely should have registered. And then you go home, you start thinking about it and you go, Oh man, 
actually gave me quite a few signs that might have yeah. been my bad. <laughs> that guy was screaming at me who he was, and I did not pick up the phone. I did not listen. I attached myself to the one positive thing he said out of the 10 and was like, well, that's it. Clearly, that's the truth. The other stuff doesn't really mean anything. <laughs> you were the girl that he gets set up on that blind date in the movie. Uh, oh, who- dude, so she got... <laughs> <laughs> who inexplicably <laughs> followed him to karaoke like I know. it was just like the date's still going like to be perfectly honest with you i have been i have been that person yeah. i know i've been that person i have been that person and i will go to a second location because there is something and i i know this about myself I love to ride along for a good breakdown. You know what I mean? You having a breakdown to my buddy? <laughs> let's, let's go. Let's do it. Let's see where this takes us. Absolutely. I want to be here for you to see how bad this explodes. Uh, <laughs> I feel like this will be good fodder for a podcast I'll do at some Honestly. point in the future. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help myself. Like, I don't know what it is. From the time I was young, I love anybody. Not, not people that are necessarily falling off or anything like that. But I... I will literally pick up. It doesn't matter who you are. I, if you're my worst enemy and you, you're calling me and you sound like you're distressed, I'm going to pick up the phone. I don't care. Like I just, I, that's one thing. And the other thing, the less nice thing (laughs) is that I fucking love weirdos, man. Oh, I love weirdos. I just want to talk to people about weird shit or whatever their weird thing is. I used to, um, my dad in high school used to work for a guy that would answer the phone. This is how he'd answer the phone. Um, no, hi, hello. No, hey, how you doing? No, this is Paul. None of that. He goes, uh, praise Jesus. That's how we would answer the phone. That's how we would answer the phone every time. And I got to tell you, I could not stop talking about this man with my father. Like, it was just like, it was my whole world. I was like, what does this guy do? What's his thing? Like, what's going on here? And if I can just get a peek into anybody's psychology for a quick night, I'll do it. I'll do yeah. it. I get it. I get it. I get it a lot. Um, so I get this lady. I understand the process of this lady of like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go until this completely inconveniences me until this like is just too much for me. Then I'll bounce out. And again, I had no other plans for tonight. So right? you know, yeah. yeah, this guy's um, probably buying. He better be buying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. He probably is at that point. Um, the other scene I wanted to really discuss too was the party the expectation versus reality. Oh, yum, 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 yum. So good. So good. Because we all do this. We, we do. all do yeah. this exact thing where you where you fantasize and you get into this, this idea of exactly how it's going to go and you're only setting yourself up for failure every time. It's never going to go the way you want it to, no matter what it is. Yep. You no, can't I've... just, this isn't the secret, okay? You can't just project positive energy at something and think it's going to change. I'm not saying that there is, no, you know what I mean? Like Positivity is a good thing, okay? And sometimes, especially in like sports or things like that, visualization is extremely important. But as soon as you start sprinkling in other people and what they're doing and their personalities and stuff like that, honestly, especially at a party for young adults, shut it. It could be anything. Okay. I've shown up to parties and they're like, listen, we're all getting naked in the, <laughs> we're all getting naked in the bathtub. Do you want to do that? I'm like, what, who, what, what's going on? <laughs> you know what I mean? my, uh, I had one where I left, uh, I left a new year's party, uh, to go to a bar 
to meet up with a girl that I had a crush on because she said that like they were going to be there at around this time. And mm-hmm. I like really wanted to see her. So that was like expectation. Like I'm going to leave this party and like we're going to hang out and it's going to be so cool. And then like they didn't show up. So I was just like at this bar alone by myself for like 30 minutes, like on New Year's Eve. And I was just finally like, ah, uh, I guess like fuck this. I'm going to go back to the party <laughs> I was with originally. And just like was miserable the whole night. You know yeah, what I mean? Dude. Like I was at a perfectly fine party. I had friends there like all this but i was like i'm gonna leave this party and i'm gonna go it's gonna be a magical night with this girl that i have a crush on and it's like it's just like it it, dude i had the exact same thing happen to me i okay i went uh this was in university and um there's this one guy that i had like we hadn't really gone out or anything but we had gone dance we were in kind of a similar group of people uh, we danced together a couple of times and I was like, oh, this guy's super hot. Like, I really like this guy, whatever. And I was out with my friends at a bar downtown and he texted me and he was like, oh my God, like I'm over at this bar over here. And I was like, oh, well, we were going to that bar. So I can't start the car. Um, and it wasn't that, that far away, which was lucky. It was like two blocks down. So I was like, okay, no problem. Um, so I bopped over because I was like, well, clearly this is like, you're telling me where you are. This is kind of like, hey, like, come party or whatever. Um, Cause he's like, Oh, you know, we're so close, whatever. And I get over there and I meet him at the front and he's like, Oh yeah. Like I can't get you in here. And I was like, Oh, and I just stood outside and talked to him for like three minutes and then left. And I was like, this is the most embarrassing shit. I was dying on the inside, dude. I was fucking dying. The pure devastation of that moment to me. Like, it'll live in me forever. I'm like, why did I... I didn't need to do any of that. None of that needed to happen. severely misread the situation. I severely misread the situation. I literally, after that... Now, mind you, here's what... Here's the good thing that I did take away from that, is that I actually learned that lesson that night. I went, you know what? If this guy was actually interested in you, he would have either came outside or he would have offered to go to a different bar or figure out some way to get you in or something like that. I was like, clearly this wasn't what he wanted. And then I just like cut ties. I was like, okay, chill. And I think that that was probably the right move. And I think you just need to listen to what people are saying. And I think that night he was saying, not you, (laughs) not you, Rebecca, (laughs) not for me. Oh, lesson hard learned though. Jesus. All right. It's a deep cut. You want to be able to reach back in time and just shake yourself and be like, you fool. Uh, It's so easy. Yeah, but at the same time, you need to learn those lessons. Like it's so important to have all the extra bullshit because you won't even you might not even know what you want by the time you become an adult the only way i know what i want is to know what i don't want (laughs) to be perfectly honest i know that's not a great way to go about things but um after the relationships i've had i'm like okay i know i don't want that i know i don't want that and i know i don't want that i didn't look at them and go well these are all the collective things i am looking for (laughs) i was just like not this garbage (laughs) yeah that's true it's very true oh man um, one final thing I wanted to mention about his meltdown at work. So he has this massive meltdown at work where he flips out to I the think, nicest people. To the nicest Everyone people. he works with is so lovely. Yeah. Also seems like a pretty great job. Uh, yeah. Cushy, cushy job. Big but like, and I'm sorry, this is such a, the, I'm going to cast a little shade here, but, uh, <laughs> 
calling greeting cards like phony and all the rest is such a screenwriter's view of what greeting cards are, right? Where he's oh, like, yeah. he's like, uh, you know, they're, they're saying, uh, they're saying things that people can't. So it's not their real words. So it doesn't mean as much. I was like, fuck right off. Cause first yeah. of all, as somebody who has written greeting cards, I have done that. Uh, let me just tell you, there's nothing more awkward than the fact that I have a thousand cards sitting in my office right now that I wrote. <laughs> Those are my words. <laughs> they are. <laughs> There's a backstory behind this. We won't get into it right away. Uh, th- those are my words that yeah. I came up with that I really meant. I cannot give those to anybody that I know because it's weird when it's something that you've written. I don't know why that is, <laughs> but like if you gave if you gave somebody a card that I wrote, even though those are my words, they're like yeah. you gave me a card that you wrote. You wrote that's like what is so, this the the twenties? So, yeah, so <laughs> tacky. Like, why are you, you building give- a white house for me right now somewhere yeah. in a lovely location? No, but the fact <laughs> that it's something that you wrote that then got printed on a card and mass produced is somehow less. Uh, it's less sincere than just picking another card that's mass produced and writing your name on the inside. It's the weirdest thing. And I'm still wrapping my head around it. Uh, so even though I've got a hundred, a thousand uh, personally written greeting cards in my room right now, every time I have to get a greeting card for somebody else, I go to a store and buy a different one. That isn't something that I've written. It's insane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And honestly, that whole scene for me, like, I get it because, like, there, there's a part of it that's supposed to be, like, this guy's finally saying everything he wanted to say. He's he he's doing it in the wrong way, but he's saying something real or whatever. And the entire time I just kept thinking, I'm like, this, this doesn't feel real to me. And it just feels like you're dumping on people that have been super nice to you for yeah. a while. Like... I understand having that rant outside as you're walking away, like da 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 da, like to yourself, whatever, to a friend. Sure, you're gonna unload on a boardroom of people that were just very kind to you, that yeah. didn't fire you when you said, "What is it? Roses are red, violets are blue. Fuck you, whore." Yeah, I don't think so. You know what I mean? I get fired off a of corporate for doing that. You know, what I mean? like as a comedian, I would get fired. Okay, you can't do that kind of shit. These people are so nice. Don't do this. God. Again, like you said, it's not like it's an oppressive workplace. It's not like they're un, like you know not understanding. It's not like he wasn't good at this job at some point. Like it's just. It, and it's supposed to be growth because he's actually going to go pursue his dream and become an architect or whatever, which is, by the way, the, I think we maybe even covered this on our, uh, how I met your mother episode, but like architect being like just the, the, it's the, the rom-com. It's the, yeah, it it's is the, the job. It's what George Costanza wants to be. It is yeah. the rom-com job. Being yeah. an architect is romance and somehow always passed through. I'm like, you know, it's, it's like, really really hard to be an architect and it's really hard to get a job as an architect and anytime they do a montage i'm like i don't think (laughs) i think this montage should be longer it could be right you should look older you should look older as a person it doesn't make any sense to me there's some standards in this movie where i'm like i don't know i disagree like when they do the whole thing off the top where they're like she she's this completely average woman she's five five she's 121 pounds and i'm like i hope 121 pounds is an average for five five because that seems wrong <laughs> well, again but it's from that perspective right of like he is the one telling the story being like i can't believe uh no one else finds this completely average girl uh as a or 
yeah, it's like no one else is going to find this completely average girl as attractive as I do. It's like, no, everybody is because she's a fucking bombshell. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and like they go into it. She's always paid uh, 20% under asking for every apartment she's ever gotten. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, people want to do her favors. But she, but again, it's that perception of she's a totally average girl. And like, I'm. it's the just only one. like this effect she has on people. The yeah. summer effect. Yeah. I'm the only one who can really see what makes her special. It's like, no, you can't. Everybody sees it. And you're saying as much. Uh uh, that's all to say that the movie accomplishes exactly what it's trying to do very, very well. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But to say, like, if we're talking about who, because this, again, Phil was right, uh, it, it very much, if we're looking at the perspective of this movie, Summer's kind of our villain. Because um, how dare you do this to our main character? Yeah, our, our romantic lead. But he is very much the villain of his own story. His yeah. growth is the uh, the squashing of the villain, essentially, is him just realizing that I have to move on and, and pick myself up and, like, everybody goes through a heartbreak and all these hard lessons that, you know, we all have to learn. And it doesn't make them any less hard. Um, but I do think I would have had a moment looking at a 12 year old going, maybe this should be an adult person. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> and if you didn't get the read off of the movie after w- getting this read off of the movie after watching it, I'll rewatch it again. <laughs> you yeah. missed a few things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I think that does it. Uh, anything else you want to say about 500 days of summer? No, I think it's, yeah, no, not really. I think it's just a lesson everybody has to learn. I think this movie does a very good job of uh, doing that. I think it every, I haven't watched this in probably, I don't know, seven years or something like that. Vastly different watch for me. So if you haven't watched it in a really long time, go back, see if your opinion changes, because I'm almost guaranteeing you it will. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd second that for sure. Uh, but yeah, I guess uh, time for our uh, definitive rankings of how good uh, the villain is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so in our, it's 500 days of summer. Uh, summer is a season, 500 days. That's the way it can find. <laughs> so in, in order, in uh, uh, honor of that, I am doing the obscure time measurement scale. Uh, so on a scale, I'm doing summer, of course. Uh, so on a scale of a shake or two shakes of a lamb tail, which is one generation of nuclear decay uh, in nuclear physics. That's a measure of time. Uh, to a Friedman, which is approximately six months in the future. Uh, I'm going to give summer a fortnight uh, because maybe you think it's quirky and unique, but if you've been paying any attention at all, you know exactly how long this is going to last. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I've got the uh, shouldn't be doing that job scale. Uh, so from a toddler mechanic uh, to the most popular horse running a hospital, which I think we're all familiar with, I am going to give um, Summer a raccoon pediatrician. Adorable, but you knew she was a freaking raccoon. <laughs> She's going to cause some damage. Yeah, she told you. <laughs> she, she, she let you know. She it's your you fault know. at this she point. Told yeah, she told you she was a raccoon. <laughs> and guys, before we get to our heroes and villains of the week, there, as always, there's a couple of ways you can help out the podcast. If you guys want to reach out to us, if you have suggestions, you just want to say, hey, whatever, uh, you can get at us at VWR Podcast on Twitter, Villain Was Right on Facebook, 
And uh, villainwasright at gmail.com if you want to send us something lengthy, email length, get on it. Why not? Um, and, of course, we have merch now, guys. We have some merch. So uh, if you want to hit us up for merch, we do have it on our uh, Twitter. Craig knows the yeah, URL better than I. So vwrstore.fromsuperheroes.com. Yeah, so if you want some stuff for Christmas, whatever, you want to embarrass some in-laws, get get on it. Go, go buy a mug, whatever. Uh, if you don't, that's cool, too. Uh, and you, as always, you can hit us up on Patreon. Yeah, patreon.com slash the villain was right. So, hey, everybody, as I mentioned, this was a uh, this was an audience choice episode. Once a month, we get our patrons to vote on what movie they want us uh, to do. And as I said, this lost by two votes. I think it's the closest we've ever come. So if you're like, ah, I kind of didn't like that uh, you guys talked about 500 Days of Summer. Really wish I, you'd done Tangled. First of all, congratulations on making it this far through. Uh, <laughs> thanks for sticking with us. But if you want to change that, you can absolutely go over to patreon.com slash the villain was right. Sign up as our two-faced level patron and you'll be able to participate in that vote. And if you want bonus content, oh my God, we got you guys covered. Uh, we have so many uh, back episodes. We're doing two every month, uh, two uh, uh, movies where maybe the villain wasn't right. It's just something that Rebecca and I want to talk about. We do a Craig's pick. We do a Rebecca's pick. Uh, this is uh, still November, uh, so it's uh, it's the Iron Giant and up this month. So uh, that and plus you'll get all our back catalog as well. So maybe something to uh, to spend a little extra time on. Um, yeah, and uh, that that that's it for us. So thank you to all the patrons who are already supporters. Thank you guys for listening. And now. It is time for our hero and villain of the week. What do you got, Rebecca? Oh, man. Okay, I've got only one. And it's just, honestly, it's, I know this is, this is, we come here to not think about the pandemic. Okay, we come, that's what we come here for. But I really, I have just such a, and I, I, I literally never thought I would say this sentence in my entire life, but could I just get a government official to tell me what the fuck to do? Could I get one? Can I get can I get one person to tell me exactly what I need to do because I am so mad. I every day, every day I wake up and there is suggestions and maybe you shouldn't and I don't know about that. And that's not how that's not how laws are made. That's not how rules are run. Okay? You can't just be like, "Well, I hope I hope everybody does this. Give me a rule." For the love of God, I don't know what we're doing out here. I'm so fucking tired. And I'm sure it's the same in many areas where you wake up every day and you don't know what the rules are going to be. And they seem to change daily and they don't seem to coincide with any numbers, facts, anything else. None of it makes any sense. So my villain of the week is politicians. They're not fucking telling us what to do. I'm frustrated. Yeah, it's it's like, yeah, for example, like here we've got like restaurants are open, but you're not supposed to interact with anybody outside of your household. And you're like, so why the fuck would I go to a restaurant? Like, Why am I allowed? Like, yeah, they're like, yeah. okay, well, you, you shouldn't go to somebody else's home, but if you do, make sure it's less than 10 people. And I'm like, <laughs> then can we? What is it? Can I go? Can I not go? Fuck these people. I am so tired of these spineless motherfuckers that will not take any goddamn stance. Okay. Yeah, a, I don't need what choice. they did. Yeah, I don't know. New Zealand did it. 
I don't know if somebody needs a uterus up in here, but somebody needs to do something or say something. So at least, even if you're wrong, I have a clear line of action because I don't know what I'm doing, and it's really, really starting to piss me off. So sorry (laughs) and rant. We're almost better just going with like a COVID-19 magic eight ball. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Just wake up in the morning. Should I go outside today? (laughs) All signs point to yes. (laughs) Like, I don't know. Yeah, probably more accurate. Uh, uh, sorry. Yeah, so I, mean, I know that's a bummer, but I just, I can't. I'm so mad. I know. Uh, so tensions are riding high. Uh, I also have a villain this week. Uh, and uh, it's uh, it, may, it may be related to this sort of thing, but it's uh, my villain is uh, my mental state right now is, is <laughs> a villain. And just telling me uh, what, uh, just... Just as an example of of where my brain is at uh, and my ability to complete tasks. So um, uh, earlier this week, um, I was doing laundry and I'm on the 10th floor of an apartment building and then laundry is as it usually is in the basement. Um, And so I was at the point in which I was taking it out of the dryer and just needed to bring it back up. And for some reason, as often happens in buildings, the elevators just stopped working. They just I was waiting forever. Like none were coming. I was like, something's fucked. I could hear the beeping in the elevator shaft. I was like, this is going to be a while. So I just ran down the 10 flights of stairs. And I was like, that wasn't so bad. And I grabbed all my stuff and I put it in the laundry basket. And I was like, fuck it. I'm young. I'm just going to run back up the stairs. Uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, apparently I've been sitting on my ass, uh, for a very, very long time, uh, and in horrible shape. In addition to that, I was of course wearing my mask and, uh, I, I, for the first time understood what they meant when, uh, masks make it hard to breathe because I was hyperventilating like a motherfucker. Uh, but I was climbing stairs. Like it was intense cardiovascular and it was just like sucking into my face. And here's the point at which the villain comes in. So I'm fucking exhausted. I'm climbing these stairs and I get to the eighth floor because, you know, you're counting in your head. You're like seven, eight. And I get to the eighth and there is such a clear voice in the back of my head that just goes, that's okay. This is good enough. Nobody's going to, nobody's going to fault you for doing 80%. 80% is great. Just stop now. This is good enough. And it was so real, and I had to fight it so hard. I, I, I literally said back to myself, like, in plain English, like, you can't stop now. You live on the 10th floor. <laughs> this isn't like, this isn't like stop at 8 out of 10 push-ups, yeah. and that's good enough. It's like... It's not a video game. Right. <laughs> you need to get back to the 10th floor, because that's where you live. That's where your stuff is. And so... I, <laughs> Like just the fight I had to do to get that. And then I got to the ninth floor and it did it again. And my brain was like, this is it. I was like, no, we need to get to 10. There's no negotiation here. I can't stop at anything but the thing. I've had that feeling carrying groceries home. Have you ever done that? Where you're like, well, I almost made it. And it's like, but you need to though. There's no, there's no, this isn't a graded system. This isn't yeah. like a, this isn't like you got a 75% mm-hmm. and that's a pass. This is a complete or not complete. You either got home or you didn't get home. Yeah, man. <laughs> so that's just where my head's at these last couple of weeks, uh, which you already knew, uh, uh, just a little tag on to that, uh, where we were doing the, uh, the, the, the movie from last week. Uh, and, 
just blanked completely in the middle of a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> we had to stop recording. Yeah. And then, like that, <laughs> then this grocery or the uh, laundry thing happened a couple of days later. And I was like, man. No, that's good though. At least you stop because I, in my brain, I go, no, find it. Just keep talking till you find it. And that doesn't work out. That's not good. It, it, no, and I've, I've done that for sure. I've done that on this podcast. But it, it literally felt during that uh, recording that. Uh, the bottom of my brain just fell out. <laughs> yeah, man. It was unbelievable. That's relatable. Very relatable. Oh, <laughs> uh, guys. Well, thanks. So, uh, this is the end of the episode. Um, as always, you can follow me at Rebecca reads at anything of your choosing. I don't have anything coming up. Obviously <laughs> I will be posting if I'm doing anything online though. Um, so if you want to follow me on Instagram at Rebecca reads, if I'm doing any, I've got a couple of, uh, online shows and, um, some fun game nights coming up. So if you want, uh, to hear me, I don't know, play code names or something like that, get on board. I'm going to be posting them there. Uh, that's at Rebecca reads. Where can people follow you? Craig? Yeah, you can follow me at uh, Craig Fake comedy on Facebook, Twitter, and even uh, YouTube. We've got some, uh, villain was right content up on my, uh, channel. So you can go ahead and, uh, check that out. And, uh, yeah, that's it for me. Yeah. Yeah, and um, next week, guys, we're going to be covering Moonraker. <laughs> Is the villain right? No. <laughs> Bit of a mistake. Stay tuned for that. <laughs> it, it's a super, super fun episode. We've got uh, a great guest, Dave Atkinson, on, so look forward to that. And as always, this is The Villain Was Right, reminding you to never date a season. <laughs> The Villain Was Right was produced by Andrew Ivamy for the From Superheroes Network. For more great podcasts like this, as well as YouTube series, webcomics, and so much more, visit FromSuperheroes.com. <laughs>